Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. Mary, are you ready? I am ready, George. Excellent. Well, I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Mary Kuthais is an executive coach, a trainer, a speaker, and the author of Making Minutes Matter, Your Guide to Being Content with How You Spend Your Time. I'm excited to have you on. Mary, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. I, um, I live in St. Louis with my husband and two rescue dogs. And we also have a son who's a junior in college, so that's exciting for us. I uh, started my own company in 2001 because I was pretty disenchanted with corporate America. And I believed that I could, I believe that people should be happy at work and content with how they spend their time. And I believed I could have a greater impact by approaching that from the outside than the inside. And I, I, I appreciate that so much. And I was telling you offline that that, that content is, is one of my favorite words. I, I, I like to tell people that I'm working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. And my part of that is money. And it sounds like your part of that is is maybe helping people to figure out how to better use time. It is. That's absolutely one of the one of the two lanes that I work in with regard to contentment. And when I first saw your information on your website as well, I thought, oh, there's a there's a, um, a, a like-minded person here because <laughs> contentment is just so important to me. I, I think it's such an important word. But two factors that prevent people from being happy at work are time and people. So with regard to time, it's feeling like they don't have enough time, are constantly overwhelmed or stressed. And then for the people aspect, there's conflict or communication challenges, competition, different styles, ineffective leadership or lack of emotional intelligence, all those kinds of things that can make people dread or on the other side, look forward to going into the office. So time and people are the challenges that business owners and leaders come to me to help them fix with regard to contentment. And they don't know they're looking for contentment, um, but they know they don't like what they're getting right now. Got it. So, and I think that that's such an important thing. Um, I I I forget if it was Tony Robbins is one of those really 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 famous uh, people. He talked about people come to me for this, but I I give them what they don't think that they uh, want, but that they really need. So when 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 you say people don't think that they really are looking or need contentment, let's take a big step back and talk about what contentment really means to you. My, the definition of contentment that I use is a sense of peaceful happiness. And I, I mean, who doesn't want that right. <laughs> it is my thought. 
I, I mean, it's not one of the challenges that I had because I've been enamored with this word for a very long time. And when I first started talking about it, a lot of people said that it was that, you know, that no company is going to work with you to develop that because nobody wants their people to be content. They want them to strive. And the problem is that people conflate the word contentment with complacent mm. and they are very different. And that's totally right. Com- complacency is I, I'll, I'll you know, I, I was going to attempt to define it, but I bet you could do a better job than I could. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of as opposed to the definition, I think about the people that someone's seen at work that that's complacent is people who are just kind of phoning it in. They don't really care. They don't get on board with new initiatives. They're either kind of killing time until retirement or till vacation, but they just, they just don't really care. They're not engaged. And there's a lot of reasons that people can be that way, but it can create oddly as, as low key as it sounds, it can create a toxicity that starts to permeate um, either a team or a small company or, or a department. And so you don't want it. You don't want it in your group. No, I think uh, when I think about complacent, I think about apathetic, and and that's absolutely the best way, or one of the best ways to kill an organization is is to have a bunch of people who are apathetic about things. Um, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And certainly, no no company wants that, and so um, this whole I I I, I guess <clears throat> it's. It's a matter of helping people to to understand that that contentment is it's and and and, and also not to confuse it with happiness because I think that that happiness is ice cream makes me happy and and uh, little things sort of and trivial things can can certainly make me happy but contentment means that I'm happy with with my life with the people that are around me with my overall health and really the the, the, the really the fundamental important things um, and I think that that's sort of the way that, that, that I've, I've always thought and looked at that so helping people to understand that that's really what you're striving for and working to, to, to help people feel is is nothing but a positive thing so yes. but I, but you yes. don't need be, I, yeah go ahead I, I, I agree with you entirely um, sorry I cut you off there for a second I um, created uh, a, a, something called the state of mind model. And it's, it's states of mind that I have viewed in the workplace and the work that I do. And it's a, it's a circular model, but at the top half of the model are three areas, contentment, striving, and joy. And I tell people that happiness resides in that top half of the model because it's not just getting there. I mean, the joy is the whatever experience you might have that's joy and seeing your first child or grandchild or, you know, landing on the balmy beach or whatever it is that brings you joy in that moment. And most of us don't have that every day. You have it in different experiences, but if we spend more of our time and we're really good at striving, the people that I work with are really good. They're ambitious. They're driven. They want more. It's so though that's just, um, that's just there. People are really good at that. What we're not as good at is the contentment piece, where we look at what we've driven for that day and said, yeah, good job. I, I'm, I'm happy with the progress I made there. I feel content with the progress that I made. So when you can spend your time, more of your time in contentment, 
striving and joy, you have more time feeling happy. Makes sense. So how, when, when I think that the people don't probably most people don't really think about contentment being what they really want. And so it's a matter of educating that, yes, this is something that's extremely valuable that we should all want having that sense of peaceful happiness. Um, how do you, how do you help people move towards that? Well, when people come to me, they're coming to me to help fix a symptom like they do with the doctor. It's, they come to me because they're overwhelmed. They feel like they can't make enough progress on the things that they want to make. They're spending too much time working in the business, not on the business. You know, that's the kind of the time piece of it. Every single time someone has come to me with what they believe are primarily time management issues, or time use issues, people issues come into it. Because how we interact with people at work is going to affect how we spend our time. It's, it's because we're communicating with people maybe effectively or not, or we're handling conflict, or we're, I mean, all the different things that can, uh, that, that, that go along with having people in a workplace can affect time use. So what they come to me for is I want help fixing this stuff, whether it's time or, and maybe they know it's people, but what they, they, they want it to be better. They want that stress and that overwhelm or that conflict to go away. They might not be quite sure what's on the other side of that. They just know they don't want that. And so I can, as I work with them, helping them realize that, aiming for something like contentment is entirely doable and it's also in this insanely fast world we live in that's getting faster and faster all the time contentment brings with it an idea of slowing down a little bit at least in my view that where you are right now is okay it's good that really I I think that that is talking about modern living and some of the challenges that we face it's it's kind of constant comparison to what everybody else is doing and that stops us from doing exactly what you just said which is let's slow down a little bit and be happy with 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 where we are um all right so so person comes to you and says you know what mary gosh i love my company but i'm i'm feeling overwhelmed i'm feeling burned out and I, I, I really like my employees. They're 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 great people, but they are they're 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 I'm I'm spread too thin managing all of their issues. So is it a matter of it's probably both that you teach that person who came to you some skills for managing, and then they and that then you're also working with with um uh, with their team. And how 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 do you start with that? I certainly can work with teams. My my absolute favorite thing to do is work with people one on one. I mean, that's I, I built my built my business around one on one coaching, and lots of people say, "Well, you're never going to be able to scale that way." But scaling is not of interest to me. What's of interest to me is I just I love when I wake up in the morning and I am going to be working with clients that day. That's just what um, brings me joy and contentment. So I, I work with the individual most for the most part and sometimes do training and sometimes do group work and and so on. But for the most part, it's the individual. And there's two, two pieces to that. When I started my business 19 years ago, this thing came into my head about how I wanted to approach 
helping people look at things differently and do things differently. And, and the phrase was, if you don't like the results you're getting, you have two options. You can do things differently and get different results, or you can change how you feel about your current results. Hmm. So those two things, I mean, the first part of that is, okay, let's do things differently. Let's create better processes and better ways to communicate and, and all, all that kind of thing. We're, we're literally changing behaviors. And the other part of it is, what if your expectations are just out of line? I have an exercise called reasonable productivity where we look at people, how people are actually using their time. I mean, literally on a 24-hour basis, what do you think you should be able to do in that amount of time? And what are you doing in that amount of time? And most of the time, people have wildly overestimated what they can squeeze in to a, a day or a week. Wildly overestimated. So certainly they can say, well, I'm going to stop doing these things because they don't bring me that much fulfillment and I'll do these other things instead. But what I want people to see when they do that exercise is that they, it's not an indictment for how they're, how they're spending their time is to give themselves a break. You had an expectation miscalculation and it's not that you're lousy at managing your time. It's just that you had, you just weren't thinking clearly about these 1440 minutes you have a day and what you can reasonably get done. So sure. So then it's a mindset shift. Yeah. So we can talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater if you want, right? We, we could totally change your behaviors, change everything, or we can maybe take a little bit deeper dive into how it is that you're actually spending your time. Because to your yes. point, we dramatically overestimate what we can accomplish in a short amount of time and probably really underestimate what we can accomplish over a longer amount of time. And do you find that that we as people waste quite a bit of time? I, I think we do, maybe sometimes not even realizing it. For instance, email feels like work, but is it really the highest and best use of your time when you're doing it all the time? Probably not. It, it's a habit, and I believe that we have more, people generally have more bad habits than good ones when you think about it. I I tend I use the word routines more than habits because habits are things you do without thinking. Routines are things that you purposefully do in a certain way, and it, it, it's a more functional way of using your time. So you need more routines. Expecting them to turn into habits, eh, probably not so much. But if your habit is to you know sit down in your desk in the morning and get an email just to see what's happening, and then you end up still there an hour and a half later trying to get your inbox to empty or whatever, is that really the best use of that time? And we lose time, I call it venue shift, for people who go from one place to another in their work day, they might go out for a sales meeting or a client meeting and then come back. And the time that they lose when they get back to the office, not really knowing what to dive into, so I'm gonna grab a cup of coffee and I'm gonna check my email and I'm gonna kind of look at my list and you can lose 15 or 20 minutes there, just not having a plan. So yes, people do, um, I, it's, waste just sounds like I, it's, it's such a, um, an indictment and, it, and, yeah. I, and I don't, because they don't mean to be wasting it, but yeah, it, it just, and I, and I, I never like to, to judge people sure. in that way. If they, if they feel like it's a waste, then let's work on it. 
if they feel like, you know, I'd really rather use that time in a different way because here's something I'm not able to focus on because I'm losing the time over here. And then the other thing is helping them figure out what do they really want to be spending their time doing? And that's rooted in core values. And that's, that's, that, that was where, where I wanted to go next was if you're able to find the highest and best use of your time, assuming that that's what you want to do, that will probably lead to happier, more happiness and ultimately contentment. I, yes, that is exactly how I feel about it. So how does that conversation go? Is, 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 is there an exercise that you take people through? Is it? I do. It will, in terms of the core values, I do. And I don't, when I work with my clients, I generally don't start there because again, it's not something that they realize they want or need. And so it's not the first thing we do. But it is early on in the work if it's something that the, the client is on board with doing. I, I see it as so important because when I when I wrote the book, in the book there's I call it the making minutes matter method, uh, which starts with core values at the top and at the very bottom of the model is um, activities and tasks. So it's how you're spending your minutes every day. And in each step from core values down to the activities and tasks, they need to be in alignment. And when they are, then you're going to be happier with how you use your minutes because they're aligned all the way up the process. So if you don't know what your core values are, it's it's harder to make those decisions about what am I going to pursue and what am I not because you're not you're not bumping it up against anything. There's no foundation to say, well, should I do this or shouldn't? Which is one of the things with, with my core values. I stopped doing um, audio or and, and video training, not because they're bad things. They're, they're wonderful things. And a lot of people use them and a lot of people get a lot out of them. And a lot of people who, you know, can, you know, uh, increase their revenue by doing them. So there's absolutely nothing bad about them. They weren't right for me. And so I was pulling teeth to get me to, to create them. And I did one and my second one was supposed to be on procrastination, which if you can believe that, I put it off for months <laughs> <laughs> and I never did it. I finally said, this isn't my thing. I like working with people one-on-one and that's the way I'm going to work. And if it means there's not as much passive revenue, ah, well, I just, that's the way it's going to be. So be it. Yep. It's such a, it's, it's, it's such a human nature thing. I don't want uh, things that I don't think that I want or need. So I'm not interested in that. What I do want are engaged, successful employees. I, 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 I want a successful business. I, 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 I want to feel like I've got time, freedom, the ability to, to, to do the work that I think is most important when in fact I really need to be having those conversations about values and really need to be pursuing contentment. So life's a funny thing, Mary. It is. It, it, it's, both deeper and simpler than we often make it. <laughs> yes, both deeper and simpler. I, nice. I know that's a contrarian thing, but it really is kind of both of those things. And when we're when we're going too deep, when it should be simple, and we're making it too simple when we need to be thinking more thoughtfully, we we get ourselves into a little bit of a a, a little bit of trouble there. Yeah. And discontent. It's certainly. Uh, I think that that once we become 
once once we achieve, if it's ever possible, really mastery over something, then it becomes so simple and we can explain it so simply. So, But first, first we must go deep anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Mary, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? If I could give people one one thought that they can take away, and especially on a podcast where they might not be sitting here taking notes and so on, but is, is, is to slow down for a minute because we're all crazed with speed and identify something about your work life that you want to be different. Define what it is. And maybe there's more than one thing, but narrow your focus and choose just one and write that down. Then answer three questions about it. How long has this been bothering me? How long am I willing to let it keep bothering me? And the third question, what small steps can I take to initiate some change? The keys in here are narrowing your focus because when people make New Year's resolutions and they're making these big lofty things and long lists of all the things that are going to be different, people don't do it because it's too much. We're already too busy. So narrow the focus and, and, and what is one thing that you'd like to be different? And that second question, how long is this, or the first question, how long is this been bothering me and how long am I willing to let it keep bothering me? I mean, you think about that and it starts, sometimes people feel ridiculous. Like, why haven't I done something about this before now? It's been bothering me for five years. And once you say that, then you think, okay, I can do one thing to move forward in making that better and take control of something that's bugging you. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. And I can definitely see, I, 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 I bet I could easily sit down and think about things that have been bugging me about my business. And it's probably been going on for way too long. And <laughs> and I would probably feel pretty silly that uh, there's probably little things that I can do to, to, to really make adjustments. So I think that that's an incredibly powerful exercise that, 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 that people can go through. So, well, Mary, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? The best way to uh, learn more and even reach out to me is on my website, which is www.mckcoaching.com. There's all sorts of um, blog posts and articles and tools to use and tons of free stuff and tips and that kind of thing. So there's, and there's even a way if you wanted to reach out and have a conversation, people can do that too. I love chatting with people. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mary your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to mckcoaching.com. Check out all the great resources that Mary has on the site. Thank you again, Mary. Thanks a lot, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>